Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 12 of Unaired. I'm Ed. And I am asexual, Ed. I thought I thought we agreed you weren't going to do that. No, we didn't agree on shit. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So, <laughs> so this week, we watched the short-lived sitcom based on Emeril Lagasse's life, entitled... Worst idea ever. Entitled Emeril. So, a little background on the show. It aired on NBC. It was from September 25th, 2001, to December 11th, 2001. And... It aired 11 episodes. It had technically... Okay, so technically it had 12 episodes, but one of those episodes was an unaired pilot that was retooled and then made into an original pilot that they aired. What we watched for this episode is the unaired pilot. So we're getting away with this on a technicality. It technically did have an unaired episode and it was a short-lived sitcom, so we're going to roll with it. Yeah, but didn't we already do one that was kind of a short-lived sitcom anyway, too? Yeah, we've... Eh, I made the show. I can I can break the rules if I want. Yeah, it's our show. What the fuck, man? <laughs> I don't make the rules, I break them. Psych! I make the rules, too! Fuck the police. Well, I mean... Except for when I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so... Then I need them to come twice as fast, and that means double. So, this show stars Emeril Lagasse, obviously. And it also stars Sherry Shepard. And there's a little cameo by uh, Felicia Day. I'm guessing this was before she was famous, but she was in it. It's kind of funny because doesn't she play like an agent of sorts in it? No, no, no. Felicia Day was the uh, lady at the Saks Fifth Avenue. Oh, oh okay. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. No, you're Who's th- the lady that played the agent? You're thinking of um, Sherry Shepard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She plays the agent and like... It's funny because she also plays the agent in uh, Maria Bamford's new show on Netflix, uh, Lady Dynamite. Sherry Shepard's the black lady. Then it's not the agent. Oh, we're thinking Lisa Ann Walter. Probably. That sounds about right. All right. So, it stars Lisa Ann Walter, Sherry Shepard, Emeril Lagasse, and we got that cameo from Felicia Day. Yeah. All right. So, the show starts out, Emeril, he... uh. He's he's rocking a pretty nice suit, and he walks into his office, and his agent, Lisa Ann Walter, she strolls on in, and she's like, oh, how was that chili competition in wherever you were? And he goes, oh, that chili was so hot, my my uvula is like a pilot light that won't go out. (sighs) Yeah. Prepare for a lot of that, uh, that meh. Yeah. This episode. It's the whole show, man. There's like one or two good ones. So Lisa Ann Walter does this like weird southern accent about like how every she's like, oh, everybody must, everybody must have been like, oh, yo, Emeril, I want your autograph. And he calls her out. He's just like, the fuck was that? That's a shitty southern accent. <laughs> what a dick. I mean, Emeril is kind of a dick. He's just generally a dick. Yeah, I did a little research on Emeril. He's a uh, he's quite the uh, quite the oddball. He's certified. Certified. So. He uh he leaves his office, and then we see Sherry Shepard, and I believe she's his uh she's the director of his show. She wears a headset, so I assume she's the director, and she bosses a lot of people around. And her character's name is Melva, and she goes, "Oh, Emeril, you eat on the plane?" And he goes, "Yeah, I ate." And she goes, "Craft services." 
because she's like, oh, he's still got to eat. And there was... Oh, because the plane doesn't feed. All yeah. right, yeah. And there was this... Good joke. There was this... Good fucking <laughs> joke, guys. There was this very uh, unenthused laughter from the crowd. <laughs> As it should have been. No, not very enthused about that one. I'm not very enthused not about it. Not even the fake audience is enthused about it. They uh, They talk about how the network wants more episodes and how... How Emeril is basically Martha Stewart with friends. That's who. That's how uh, Lisa Ann Walter describes him. That's how I describe him in real life. Well, I mean, I feel like Martha Stewart has like probably more friends than Emeril. In jail? Well, yeah. Could you imagine? Is she still in jail? Or she, is she no, she jail? got out. Okay, I'm gonna bring someone up later. I'm gonna get back to this, but it has something to do with Martha Stewart. But I'm gonna move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So probably for the best. No, this is coming up. This is coming up after we describe this episode. Believe me, this is coming back in a big way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring it back. So then, uh, his, uh, his director and his agent walk him out on stage and he starts off his show. So the, uh, the sitcom show of the show. Okay. That's a weird way to word it. So <laughs> <laughs> this, this show has a show within a show. So it's basically the show is about Emerald and his Food Network show. Well, it's a it's a sitcom about Emerald's life. Exactly. So like naturally, it's going to show the show. Yes, they show the show. They show the show the show show. So the show. He does this whole thing. He does the little bam. He throws a he throws some spice. He goes bam. His signature bam. And he's cooking some uh he's cooking some soup or something, and and this was I wrote down this joke because apparently this was a joke. I didn't realize it, but the crowd started laughing. He throws the uh, spice in. He goes, bam. And it, it zooms in on what he's cooking. And he goes, this duck may be dead, but it's smiling. Yeah. There's like a couple of times when the audience laughs. I'm like, that was a joke. Yeah. And every time <laughs> they laugh, literally, this is the most unenthused audience I've ever heard in my life. Because the, they should have <laughs> went with a laugh track because the laughter of the audience is depressing. Why would you, yeah, I don't know why would you pick an actual audience. It's clearly not a good idea. Yeah, I think I'm going to record the laugh track, like some of the laugh track, and like cut it in right here, just so like people know exactly what this sounds like. Right, just so that, you know. Yeah. You know, you get, you get the idea of what professionals do. Exactly. This duck may be dead, but it's smiling. All right. All right. So then after the episode, the his cooking shows over the uh network execs are just like oh we're so happy to get you 20 more episodes how are you feeling and he says well i'm as happy as a duck in a pot call him back to that duck that's smiling he's not very happy about it he's not happy about it and he's like i killed the duck yeah he killed the duck and he's stuck doing 20 more shows ridicule to it yes add some ridicule on that bitch add some respect on that name oh my god you're back with the respect again add some respect so after this whole meeting, uh, we cut to Emeril at home. And the weird thing about this is, so the show starts off with him in a suit. But when he goes home, he's still wearing his chef uniform. Wait, what? Yeah, I was very confused. Did you not notice that? I didn't. Yeah, no. When he goes home to, like, tuck in his kids when they're in bed, he's still wearing that, like, that, that chef coat. Huh. Yeah. I don't know why, but... That's the thing. Maybe it's just really comfy. I mean, it does. Maybe that's why chefs wear stuff like that. Maybe it's just really comfy. You know, maybe it is. Maybe that's why they wear those ridiculous looking hats. 
right because it's just like you know what it's my hat my head feels like like it's a cake and it kind of looks like it so he goes home and he tucks in his kids and it's a very like somber moment like there's this weird like you know that scrubs music where it's like it's like it's like almost that kind of like tone of music or like the family guy transition music yeah exactly it's like something very kind of like it's supposed to sound poetic and he's just tucking in his kids. He's just tucking in his kids. And he goes, tucks in his daughter. She doesn't wake up. He goes, tucks in his older son. And he goes, here, I got you a wind-up flashlight. And he, which is a weird gift to give, just to start off with. And then he goes, can I have a mountain bike? No. Like, that was the exchange between him and his teenage son. Hey, Dad, I know you have a lot of money. Can I have a mountain bike? No. That's that's the thing. He's rich, and he's not giving his yeah, kid a mountain bike. That's like the thing is, like that's a like a cool thing. If my son asked me for that, I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, man! Like get out there and go fucking have fun." Exactly, I'd start you know? saving up. Like if you have the money and your kid wants to get into a hobby, then like, what are you to say no? No, because he's trying to get him into the hobby of wind up flashlights. Oh yeah, that's right. He wants him to be. He wants him to go camping just without a like efficient form of transportation. He basically threw it at him. Grow, grow up that forearm strength. What a dick! What a dick! Does he want him to be a professional arm wrestler or something? You know, I didn't think about it, but maybe he does. Maybe it's a that's subtle hint. Maybe that's like, what like dads who are professional arm wrestlers give their sons. They're just like here, practice, practice. So then he goes to his youngest son, Charlie, and his son wakes up and goes, Daddy? And he goes, go to sleep, son. And he walks in to his bedroom where his wife is. His wife's name is Nora. And he goes, you know, Nora, when I got home, Charlie said, Daddy? But he said it with a question mark. He used to say, Daddy, with an exclamation point. When did my exclamation point shrivel into a question mark? And it's supposed to be like this, like sad, like, oh no, like my son, he never sees me home. And she goes, you know, that happens when guys get older. But Yeah, she makes obviously an erectile dysfunction joke, because why wouldn't you? Because Emerald's that age. He is. Well, actually, so he's 59, I want to say. Oh, he's right in erectile yeah. dysfunction land. Yeah, so this was 15 years ago. He could have been. Yeah, he's- that was like 40s. He could have been. He's been in prostate exam land for a while. Oh yeah, he's had many fingers of the butt. Do you think yep. do you think when they give him a prostate exam, he just imagines it's like a meat thermometer. He goes, "Oh, is that the right temperature?" Oh my god. Is that at 165 yet? He jokes to the doctor and the doctor like every time is like, "I fucking mm-hmm. hate you." Yeah. <laughs> like just makes his like life a living hell. He's you, you ready to stuff this turkey? Pulls down his pants. Yeah, you're like, the doctor, before he even comes in the room, just has a displeased look on his face <laughs> because he sees the chart and it's like Emerald Regali and he's like, fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> like this again. He and his wife have a little conversation about how he's like never home. And then he ends it. He goes, oh, this magazine wants to come by and interview you tomorrow to see how I am at home. And she goes, you, how you are at home? Me? I have no idea. Get it? Because she's not home either. And then he makes, like, a weird sex joke about, like, like oh, I got to perform my manly duties. Those are my specialties besides cooking. He makes a lot of man jokes. 
He does. He makes a, there's a he's lot. He's not. He he also he also drops the chick bomb a lot. He does. There's even a part where he's planning out like what kind of episodes he's gonna do to make it up to that twenty episode mark, and he's doing a manly man show. Yeah. And he's got, like, firefighters that are, like, overmanly firefighters. Like, most of the firefighters that I've met in my life, if not all of them, have been super respectful. And they love to grill outside and have, like, a good time when they're off duty. Yeah. These dudes were just fucking wild. They're wild and crazy kids. They were just slamming on the ground and shit. Like, they were out in a Day to Remember concert. It was weird. Yeah. Then his wife brings up a magazine she read about how John Travolta and his wife... Like, they're always busy, but they t- they they find time for each other to go horseback riding. And she goes, what? why why don't we do that? And he goes, because we're not Scientologists. I don't even understand that. I think John Travolta's a Scientologist. Oh, okay, I get it. So he yeah. made a really, really roundabout reference that very few people would understand. Well, here's the thing. You got you to gotta think in this mind frame. This was made in 2001. Okay, so this is a while ago. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was around the controversy. Yeah, that was around the time whenever we were just like, "I'm a Scientologist." Maybe that's why. It's just it was also a very short-lived thing. It was very short-lived, except for for Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise will live forever. He's just gonna keep cruising. He's gonna ah uh, look at you. Look at me. So you you know, it'd be a really good idea is if you got a longboard and on the bottom. Um, it was Tom Cruise's face. And just said, keep on cruising. Say, yeah, keep on cruising. <laughs> then after this whole discussion, after the Scientologist joke, we cut to him. He's like writing down some ideas for episodes. And Sherry Shepard, a.k.a. Melva, because I just forgot her name and then remembered it just now. She's making a phone call and she just starts screaming. She goes, I don't care if they're out of season. Dive deeper. And... Emeril kind of gives her like a concerned look. He's like, oh, what's going on? And then Lisa and Walter strolls on in and they're trying to like figure out like, oh, this is great. Like you got 20 more episodes and and Emeril's kind of, oh, I don't know if it's so great. And then Sherry Shepard and Lisa and Walter kind of go off on this like weird tangent. It starts off when Lisa and Walter is just like, you know, you just got to take it as it is when life gives you lemons. And she hesitates, and Emeril goes, you make some lemon coconut cake. Because okay. apparently that's a joke. It's a joke in his world. It is, apparently. Because he makes fancy food, but no one makes fancy foods. So that's a stupid joke. But, like, also... And if you're gonna, and if you're gonna do that, like, because if you're gonna not say lemonade, which would been, like, even... Honestly, that would have been funnier than what he did say. Um... It would have been cool to say, like, lemon bars. People know lemon bars. That's true, and it's shorter. He gave... So, I will say, it wasn't specifically lemon cake with coconut. It was a very specific cake, but I didn't know how to spell what he said, so I didn't write down specifically what he said. (laughs) I just put lemon cake instead. Okay. Yeah, that's what I put, too. So, then, uh, Sherry Shepard and Lisa Ann... Not Lisa Ann, the porn star. Lisa Ann Walter. They go off on... (laughs) They they start off like they start throwing shade on all these other TV shows. They start off with, with Sherry Shepard going, "They canceled Bette Midler after only half a season. You should be grateful." Which I wrote down specifically because that is like a throwback to episode two of this show where we covered that specific sitcom. It's called Bette. Check out episode two if you haven't listened to it yet. 
check it out. Shameless self-plug on a podcast you're already listening to. Boom. You just got Inception. And then Sherry Shepard's just like, oh, you could do a show about pork fat and could beat those skinny girls on Friends. She doesn't like skinny girls. She doesn't, no. And, uh, and then Lisa Ann Walters is just like, oh, we got to throw shade at Survivor. Because for some reason they sh- they said something about Survivor. Because this is 2001. It was 2001, so. so. They didn't have much to go off. They just threw it. They, the only thing they referenced they didn't make was American Idol, so. That's true. And then yep. they end this little tangent. And then probably like maybe a minute and a half later. Out of nowhere, they bring back the TV references because Lisa Ann Walter just goes, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. With no context. Come on. It was garbage. It made me feel uncomfortable. So after she does her whole weird, like, weakest link thing, Emeril realizes that, oh, no, it's his wife's birthday and he forgot it. You goon. You goofball. How do you forget that? You fat goofball. You have like two dates to remember. Oh, nah, more if you have kids, I guess. Well, I mean, even Still. then, be like, oh, you're older? Okay, here's a mountain bike. Oh, wait, no, you don't also, get a mountain bike. You get a fucking wind-up flashlight. Actually, you know what? You know what? I will, I will give him a break here. I will give him a break because I think this is before iPhones. This was well before iPhones. Yeah, so like, props. This was also before Facebook. But then again, you probably should know your wife's birthday and not have to rely on a Facebook notification. So yeah, yeah. So he he starts putting on his uh his little sports jacket and he starts walking out and his uh two assistant ladies are just like, wait, where are you going? And he goes, oh, I gotta go buy a gift for my wife, but like I want to be incognito. So he starts wandering out and Lisa and Walter's just like, hold on, I gotta put on a new nicotine patch. It's amazing. It's almost like I'm smoking a cigarette. If only they could put men in the form of a patch. But where would you put it? Ho, ho, ho. Get it? Smoking dicks? Yeah. No, I I think she meant she'd put the patch on her vagina. Uh Uh-oh. I just, you know, smoking and then nicotine and... I mean... And guys and and For all I know, they could have went that way. I didn't write the show. That's a strong way to go. That's a dong way to go. That's a dong way to go. I hate myself. Okay, so hey, join the club. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh they go to Saks Fifth Avenue to shop for a gift for his wife, and the two the two girls they're just like, oh look at this, who's supposed to fit in this? Ha ha! And they're like making jokes about how all the clothes there are like wicked, like slim, and how not a realistic woman is going to fit in that. And Felicia Day comes up. It's like, oh, can I help you? And they bring it up to her. They're just like, who the hell's going to fit in this? And she's just like, oh, this is size zero. This is made for women who are size zero. Maybe right. you'll find stuff for you guys in the today's woman's section. Women's today. Yep. And they uh, they did not like that response. Nope. So they go off on her and they incite almost a riot amongst the store because a lot of other women kind of join in on their chance and Emeril kind of ducks in the corner behind a counter, which no, that he, was, he ducks out of the entire place. He does. That's, <laughs> I will say that's the only thing in this show that made me giggle a little is the way he kind of like crouches behind the counter. Yeah. He has like a little jacket and he crouches behind the jacket and just like, 
And then he kind of like puts the jacket in front of his face as he's like getting out the door. (laughs) But then Felicia Day calls security on him. And that's when they go to commercial break. A selfish, selfish people. And then we come back from commercial break and Emerald, Lisa and Sherry are all back in the back in the studio. And Emerald's kind of like, oh, thanks for getting me banned from Saks Fifth Avenue. Other celebrities go in there and they don't get banned. Hell, even Roseanne didn't get banned. (laughs) That's because she shops in the Today's Woman section. (laughs) (laughs) Sad but true. I was not expecting that. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Sing. So, So then... He, uh, we go to the revamped Emeril Lagasse cooking show because the studio execs were meddling into it. And he's wearing this like weird chef coat that has this collar and it's got this neon orange kind of thing on it. The whole studio is revamped. And Lisa, she writes this weird joke for him about like girls and slumber parties and pizza. And the network execs show up to watch it. He's very unenthused, so he kind of... Super unenthused. He doesn't give a fuck. No, he doesn't. He's just kind of monotone the whole time, and he misdelivers the joke about pizza and shorty shorts or something. Yeah, I don't know what he says, but he's like, doesn't even give a shit. No, he doesn't. It was some weird joke about like, oh, if you're going to have a slumber party, don't order pizza and those shorty shorts. Yeah, it was and, dumb. Yeah, Lisa was way too impressed with herself for that joke. She's looking around for some some approval. Yeah, and she she got none. No. Especially not from me. So then he kinda he's just like, I hate this jacket. And Sherry Shepard screams out about like get a new jacket, get wardrobe in here. And then we cut to him getting out of a taxi. And he stops this lady on the street and he goes, Hey lady, can I buy that scarf off of you? And she goes, Sir, this is a pashmina. And he goes, Okay, can I buy it? And he buys it because it's his wife's birthday and he forgot to get her gift. So he walks into the kitchen, talks to his wife, and he's just like, oh, look at this. And he puts it on the table and she's she's like, oh, you got me a pashmina. And he goes, oh, how do you know? And she goes, because this is the babysitter. She just left. Oh. Oh, he got Which, caught I thought it was really funny that like the babysitter was wearing some fancy thing. Okay, here's the thing. It didn't look that fancy. It didn't, but the way no, she says that, it. That looked like the blankie I had when I was a little seven-year-old. Yes, I had a blankie till I was seven. Don't judge. I had, um, they were like pillow pets, but like original pillow pets. And they like, they didn't do the, the pillow thing. They were, or they, they didn't do the pet thing. They were just pillows that were shaped like animals. And oh, was, I thought you were just going to say, I had a pillow pet. But, like, minus the pet part, I just had a pillow. <laughs> yeah, I just had a pillow. No, it was like a dragon. It was, like, purple and orange. It was fucking sick. Oh, I never had those. Yeah. My my sister had one. It was a bunny. She had that. She kept that thing for a while. So, after this whole thing, Emerald kind of has this little meeting with his kids. And they're just like, oh, how come we don't do anything fun? And he goes, because we're not Scientologists. So he brings back that weird Scientology joke. Stop, Emerald. 
The thing is, Let's I feel like petition. I feel like it was <laughs> we're gonna start a change.org petition. <laughs> Stop Emerald Ragazzi. Did you just call him Ragazzi? What's his name? Lagasi. Lagasi, my bad. So then they have this like weird little like conversation, and his son, his teenage son, goes, Is this gonna be like that time you gave me a sex lesson about how cheese cheese ages? Which I'm kind of <laughs> curious as to what that conversation entailed. Um, let me tell you, I worked in a deli and that could have gone a lot of ways that none of which are good. If you want your sex to be Gouda, you cheddar wear a condom. Oh, God. I feel like that's how that conversation went. Uh, I think it probably had something to do with cheese getting softer. Or it could have had something. I mean, Swiss cheese has holes. Maybe that was it. Ooh. So then uh, his daughter calls him out about, like, not being home. She's just like, you know, how are you going to do 20 more shows when you're not home as it is, daddy? No, she made, like, a really snide comment, too. Like, it was like a zinger. Yeah, it was quite the zinger. So he he's like, oh, no, you're right. And then we cut to him having this little meeting on his new studio with the studio execs, his whole crew, everything. I don't like the way they change the mood so quick. Oh, they, they went from, like, zero to a hundred. Yeah, they just it was don't even so care. awkward. No chill. It was like, like, his his daughter said one sentence, and all of a sudden, it was like, okay, let's get serious. Yeah, and, like, when he starts off this meeting with his, like, staff and everything, he brings up that whole, like, I want my kid to say daddy with without a question mark. I want him to say it with... And I quote, he says an explanation point, not an exclamation point. He <laughs> says, I want my kid to say it with an explanation I point. I want my kid to say it with something that explains what it means. Yeah, I had to rewind it because I thought I misheard him. No, he says explanation point. They, they didn't catch that? Nope, they did not. What losers. Thanks a lot, NBC. Wait this is why go. no one watches you. I'm just kidding. I actually like your comedies. Don't, don't stop. I mean, I could do without them because I still have Netflix. Fair enough. Yeah, Netflix comedy is dope. They have John Mulaney. Yeah. So, like, fuck. I mean, and they have your NBC comedies. They have Parks and Rec. Yeah, but they also have Aziz Ansari and, like, his comedy specials. And then they also have, like, they have so many people. Netflix, please sponsor us. Please. You're my heroes. So, his uh, plan for cutting down from 20 shows to doing less shows is that... They're, when they do the less shows, he's going to take a pay cut and he's going to give everybody else a raise. But the thing is, if he takes a pay cut and gives everybody else a raise, I don't see where the budget is changing. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. I'm no accountant and neither is Emeril Lagasse. So I see how he could think that maybe that Emerald sense, lasagna. Dude, I'd eat some Emerald lasagna. I wouldn't. So... After he makes this announcement, he decides, hey, I'm going to cut out this manly man segment and I'm going to make it Nora's romantic dinner segment. And someone's just like, oh, but what about the firefighters? They're already here. And he goes, oh, they can stay. And then so, they go fucking like gorilla ape shit wild. They do, because then it cuts to him doing the actual show of Nora's romantic dinner and they're losing their shit over it. Like They literally look like gorillas. Yeah, they do. They're like banging on their chest. Yeah, picks out for Harambe. <laughs> and, this is uh, a 2001 Ed. 2001. <laughs> Maybe they're a precursor. Harambe was still alive, so they were probably they were probably yeah. followers of Harambe. Maybe they're devastated now. 
I'm sure they are. So then he ends the whole show. He's just like, yeah, thanks for watching. And this is all going home with me. And then it cuts to black. And I was just like, oh, that's like a weird way to end the episode. But okay. And then here's the twist. They end it even weirder. They bring it back to they fade in from black. And (laughs) there's a violinist playing in Emerald's room. He's just chilling on his bed in his boxers with his wife eating food. And his three kids come in. Two of them jump on the bed, but the teenage son is hesitant. But then he slowly walks over and joins them. (laughs) It's the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it was awkward. It was very awkward. Like, I felt bad for that teen. (laughs) For the actor or, like, the character? Yes, he had to hop in. He had to do. Could you imagine how sweaty Amaral Agassi must be under all those, like, studio (laughs) lights? Amaral Lasagna? Yeah, and he has to jump up in bed with a sweaty Emerald Agassi. That's gross. That is. That's disgusting. And yeah, and that's how this show ends. So, Eddie, what did you actually think of this show? I didn't like it. This is the first show on this podcast that we have watched that I legitimately have had nothing good to say about. Yeah, I did not like it. See, like, I will admit, like, some of my best friends, Bet, How Honey, I'm Home, Father of the Pride, Wonder Woman, they're all terrible, but I loved them. They have redeeming, they have redeeming qualities. Yes. They were so bad, they were good. This one, just nothing. Nothing yeah. good about it. There's like two good jokes. I don't think any of them made by Emerald. No. One of them was like a kind of a physical comedy bit. Yeah. Like it was, I don't think any of them were really funny. No. So... I don't think this would make it past one season, but if it got a full season order, if it got a full season pickup instead of just the 11 episodes it aired, what do you think kind of episodes we'd see? Uh, Let me rephrase that. What kind of episodes do you think we'd see? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's no... Like, I just don't like the show at all. I just have nothing to think about. So I've been thinking about this. This is surprisingly for the worst show I've I've watched on this show. I've done the most thinking about. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So I have quite a few ideas. So the first one is the network execs, because obviously they're going to meddle. Oh, I should probably mention this in the retooled show, because after the pilot, they retooled like what the show is going to be basically. And they cut down a lot of the family segments and kind of focused more on Emerald and his TV show. And they brought in a studio exec character. So what I feel like would happen is like Emerald would be like, oh, like I'm such a popular guy. And the studio exec would be like, not with the 18 to 34 demo. We got to bring in a younger skewing person to get more viewers. So they bring in like this teenage girl to kind of like, help him out. So it'd be like, Emerald and Amelia, or something like that. And... Emeralda. Emeralda. Esmeralda. Esmeralda. Esmeralda from uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame shows up. Or the Hunchback of Notre Dame shows up. I mean, that's what Emerald basically is. So, she's kind of like intruding on his show, and he's not too happy about it. So she'll do shit like push him out of the way when he's like putting up a dish like, oh, look at this gefilte fish. She'll push him out of the way and be like, click, 
That's going on Instagram. Hashtag no gefilter. Jesus Christ. Yep. Did you create in your mind and, a worse person than Emma Lagazzi? Oh, yeah. I created, like, a show Bible for this show. Jesus. Jesus. So, so then he kind of, like, gets his way, and she gets kicked off the show. But she's like, I'll get you, Emerald. And your little show, too. Terrible joke. And, like, that's... Yeah, obviously. And that's the end of that episode. So another so episode... So you pictured what the shows would actually be like if it continued in the way that it is currently. Oh, absolutely. You didn't try and improve it at all. Oh, not at all. Why would I? <laughs> I guess I guess it's a valid point. I'm not going to kick this show up a notch. Yeah. So I also feel like there'd be an episode where the studio executives kind of like, oh, you know what? We're going to bring this into like this weird prank show to try and like boost ratings again. Because all he's about is boosting the ratings. So what they do is they kind of bring Emeril in for this like celebrity guest position. Like he's going to be doing this judging position on some like Iron Chef type show. But he's not in on this. Everybody else is in on this. Every dish is going to be progressively worse. So they're going to make him like taste this like shitty food. And like that's another episode right there. He's basically getting punked. You have too many ideas for this show. Oh, I have plenty. You need to stop. I got one more before we stop. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. So, so I've thought about this in great detail. I looked this up before we started recording. So, Emeril Agassi, he's an Italian chef, right? You know who else is an Italian chef? Buddy Velastro, a.k.a. The Cake Boss. Looked up their ages. Emeril, 59 years old. Buddy Velastro. Or no, Emeril's 56 years old. Buddy Velastro is 39. I see a connection there. How? Okay, let me get to that. So, Emeril ends up doing this big thing, like it's sweeps week, and he's doing this cook-off with uh, Buddy Velastro. And throughout this whole thing, Buddy Velastro is trying to get into his head, and he's dropping hints like, you know what? You might be my dad. And Emeril's kind of like having these weird flashbacks like, did I have sex at 17? So in the end, he's just like, oh God, I think Buddy Velastro is my illegitimate child. So he throws the competition. He goes, this is for you, son. And then Buddy Velastro at the end is just like, psych, bitch. And like, it turns out he's not actually his son. That's fucked. Yeah. And then there can only be one Italian baker. So sorry, Emerald. That's the series finale. You just lost your show. And they gave it to Cake Boss. Exactly. Now, I'm going to get back to that Martha Stewart thing. I feel like there could be a spinoff of this show with Martha Stewart, but it's Martha Stewart when she's in prison. Why? So she's like showing all these inmates, like certain episodes could be like, you know how to lighten up your prison cell is to fold your bed sheets and flush the toilets or something weird like that. You know, I'm going to show you this episode how to make sangria in your toilet. I think it'd be better if she was in solitary confinement. <laughs> That's the series finale for that show. Turns out she's been a psychopath this whole time, and all of this has been in solitary confinement. Well, I mean, I got that idea because the way you talked reminded me of, like, the, who was the dude with the, like, weird thing over his mouth? Hannibal Lecter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. Oh, God. That's how the series ends. She's wheeled out, and she's wearing that mask. Or worse, she's wearing that mask the whole time, and then she, at the end, she's wheeled out wearing a Bane mask. 
And she's just like, I'm the show's reckoning. She's everyone's reckoning. She's reckoning my life. Ah. Ah. So, I have one more thing before we end. I actually thought of a way that this show, like, legitimately could work. How? You know, Emeril, he's kind of, like, not really famous anymore, right? Nope. So, what they do is they make, essentially, an HBO kind of sitcom in the same vein as, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm, but call it, like, Bam Your Enthusiasm. So, it's basically about Emeril living his life now. And everybody's walking up to him like, oh, you you were the Bam guy. You were the Bam guy. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I'll show you Bam. And like punches him in the face. Like stuff like that. <laughs> just be angry all the time. Exactly. Like an angry emerald. No filter emerald. Yeah. I feel like that actually could work. If they actually followed him around like in real life with this camera. No, I'm talking about like another sitcom. Oh. But like, you know, HBO. So like. Not NBC. I think it'd be better if they they aired it on shows like on stations like that, but they did it kind of like personal documentary, <laughs> like a docu series. Yes, like a docu series of Emerald Life. Emerald behind the Bam. Behind the Bam, exactly. All right. So I think it's going to do it for this this week. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Send us an email if you'd like. So our Twitter is at Unaired Podcast. Our Facebook, just search Unaired Podcast. We have an Instagram. It's also at Unaired Podcast. Send us an email, unairedpodcast at gmail.com. Or nudes. Uh, what else? Subscribe on iTunes. That really helps us. And send Leave me a, a pizza. Review. What? I said, oh, send me a pizza. Oh, yeah. Send Eddie a pizza. Send me a pizza. Leave a review on iTunes if you can, please. But yeah, other than that. Uh, I'm Ed. I'm also Ed. Oh, wait, no, I'm asexual Ed. Ed. You are asexual I'm Ed. I'm asexual Ed. Yes. And, uh, you know, if any studio execs are listening, hire us because we just remade Emerald from a shitty show into a Emmy, 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 what the fuck's an Emmy? An Emmy nominated HBO sitcom. So there you go. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.